0: Hello, JRPG Gamers, and good evening to you, as we're a little bit later than we like to record in the, in the day. It's been a bit crazy, but welcome to the podcast. This is the JRPG Report, episode 128. My name is James Fisher, your host of this little shindig we do each week Uh, We cover all the big news and happenings in the JRPG world. And then each weekend on Sunday, we do a special kind of just a little something different each and every week. Whatever I'm feeling like throwing out there Uh, this weekend, it'll be. A soundtrack, but uh, it does change up from time to time. So we've got a really fun show for you guys today. And at the, uh, at the end, I'm going to debut a brand new segment. We'd like to make kind of a recurring thing and this, but it's going to be on you guys as we're going to try to do some listener reviews. So if, uh, we'll go ahead and put the call out there right now, if you've played let's try to kind of keep it to recent games at least initially um kind of that way uh since i really don't do that i do try to play the games as they come out but i don't like to necessarily give a review all the time unless it's something really really major so um if there's something that you play that's come out fairly recently that i've covered on the show in particular um Give me a review for it. Uh, either you can send it to us uh, through the Facebook group directly to my Facebook account. Uh, you can also email, that's fine as well. Uh, JRPG report at gmail.com. So today, at the very end, our buddy Jake has given us a I want to say lengthy, but it is a thorough review of Fairy Tale. So that's, uh, you'll have that to look forward to. But I'll leave it at the very end just in case you're uh, kind of in the middle of it. I don't think there's like uh, spoilers. I'll have to kind of reread it just to make sure. But I think it's just a, a very in depth review of it and kind of let you know what um, what you should be looking for. But anyway. Today has been a bit crazy, but I just want to get into it. No excuses, right? Um, and let's start off. I didn't really know where to head to first, as there's a couple of pretty decent stories. But I guess I'll just, uh, I guess I'll start here, because it was kind of something we've been waiting on. Genshin Impact does have a release date, at least for its PC, iOS, and Android uh, Parts of the game. You can pre register for that right now for download. And it's coming on September the 28th. So just a little bit over a month from now. Uh, they had previously announced that the PlayStation 4 version was coming out sometime this fall. So it does leave about a little under two months after that release for the PS4 version to come out. It is also coming to the Switch, but there is no uh, release window for that. As of yet, as I mentioned, pre-registration is available right now through the game's official website, the App Store, and Google Play. Uh, pay- players who uh, will receive the following in-game rewards based on the number of pre-registrations, as you know, that's usually the way it goes. Um, there are levels for 600,000, a million, a, million and a half, two million three, and up to three million people. And those are some pretty decent things if you should... Um, choose to do that, I don't, you don't have anything to lose, it is free to play, it's a lot of fun, and um, you can get some decent rewards just by pre-registering, there's also additional rewards based on social media follows, this is usually the case that if they get uh, 150,000 subscribers on YouTube, everybody gets something, and 100,000 likes on Facebook. So, if you've been waiting for this one on your mobile device or PC, don't wait too much longer. September twenty eighth for that. And as soon as I get that PS four release date, I will pass it along to you guys as well. If you need a device to play for, play it on. They're even doing kind of a special. I think it's a iPhone eleven giveaway. I've shared the link to that over on the Twitter page. You can follow us. Um, on at JRPG Report and find that link if you uh, if you need something to play the game on there you go um, the other big story and I probably would have led with this there's just there's really no nothing to say okay so it's it's big news in the fact that um, we have now we do have the title for a new PlayStation Five game in the neptunia series so get ready for this it is go go five Gingin game neptune reverse that's right all that uh is going to be a new latest entry in the neptunia series coming exclusively to playstation 5 pretty much that is all they announced there was a uh, a video that went along with it and a man speaking in japanese so i do not know Uh, what was what was said and just at the very end up popped the logo so that's literally all we have on it um they kind of i think they put this out there because this is the 10th anniversary of the neptunia series so they kind of coincided those two events and they're saying okay here's uh here's the future of that while the logo was revealed today more information is scheduled to be announced in September. If you'd like to check out that video, especially if you know Japanese that are probably be helpful, you can do that over our YouTube channel, JRPG report. Um, I did see on steam last night that because of this 10th anniversary, um, celebration there's a bunch of the Neptunian titles on sale some of them at a pretty good clip so if you've been wanting to, to get into that series now seems like a pretty good chance to do that on the cheap. I'm not sure if that's also on uh, the PSN store or the eShop you'll have to uh you'll have to dig into that one yourself. I can't do all the work for you guys. You, <laughs> you gotta do just a little bit uh, yourself. Uh, speaking of announcements about announcements, um, let's see. I don't know if we'll get to this next week. No, of course not. So uh, Falcom has revealed that the that new information on the next Legend of Heroes game. So that's going to be the game after Hajimari no Kiseki. It's not a sequel to it. We do know that much. So we're going to get some information about that in the weekly Famitsu August 27th due issue. So that's next Thursday. So that'll probably, by the time it gets to us, I dare say we're not going to know unless something kind of leaks out beforehand. I'll try. If I hear something, we'll bring it to you. If not, it may, uh, (laughs) it may have to wait a week. So according to Falcon President, Toshihiro Kondo, Falcom's next title will be developed on its new game engine. We talked a little bit about that last week, and will feature quote, considerably improved graphics. Well, you would you would certainly hope so, right? This is a... Uh, we know that one scene in Hajimari Nukoseki is going to feature that new engine, and I would have to guess this is going to be on PlayStation 5, too, so... But, couple between that new engine and a new system. We could have a pretty good leap. Kind of what I'm expecting is take that leap from Cold Steel 2 to Cold Steel 3. And now let's see what what that next evolution is. I'm excited to know what that is going to be. And no doubt it will be, um, maybe not initially, but uh, I'm pretty sure we're quickly going to get into the no uh, spoiler zone here fairly soon we don't know what the extent of the information is going to be it could be a full-blown reveal or simply a screenshot that's kind of like that's typically how they've done this in the past is just that first little tidbits just kind of a screenshot just to kind of get your uh get your mind erasing and uh think about all the possibilities there was also um in this article there were some tidbits about hajimari but uh we're not going to really talk about <laughs> anything that was mentioned on there. So yeah, hopefully next week we can talk about whatever this is going to be talking about, but don't know as of yet. You just have to tune back in and see. If you're interested, and or if you've completed Trails of Cold Steel 4, you may want to go over to our YouTube channel and f- check out 14 minutes of gameplay from The Legend of Heroes, Hajimari no Kiseki. We got a glimpse into the game completely in full today. Now, let's go ahead and say that this is by Ruliweb, and they have published this gameplay video of the Korean version. So you're not going to be spoiled with any type of text, but obviously uh, the pictures speak louder than words, and I have not previewed this. I'm probably not going to. I'll just be honest. Um, I'll just pass along the information to you guys as um, we're getting closer and closer to Cold Steel 4. So I kind of feel like this would be the perfect type of thing to check out once I am done with that. And uh <laughs> don't want to get ruined. But there are plenty of people who uh, have played that and want to check it out. So I put it out there for the masses. But, yeah, you are more than welcome to check that out. It's not too much longer as uh Hajimaru will be out for PlayStation four on August the twenty seventh in Japan. And um eventually it'll make its way over here. It still yeah, it still kinda irks me that they get the new game two months before we get the fourth game that came out before it. But um I'm kinda over that. <laughs> Sort of, not really. Okay. (laughs) Speaking on um, happier news, as we do each week, we will update the Kickstarter for. um, Oh my goodness! I need to talk amongst yourselves. I'll uh, I'll give you a topic. Um, What would that be? What is that topic? Oh yes, that is. I actually figured out finally how to say, "Aodin." Chronicles 100 Heroes. Let me try that again. A-U-D-I-N. AUDIN. So that is the official pronunciation of it. Um I'm, I I hardly I don't think I quite got that one before, but yeah, so we have been updating the Kickstarter progress each week on AUDIN Chronicles 100 Heroes. Uh they passed the 3 million mark in funding clearing 24 stretch goals and becoming the ninth most funded video game Kickstarter campaign of all time. The most funded from Japanese backers, developers, rabbit and bear studios announced Uh, a Chronicles is now the single most backed project by Japanese people ever creative director Yoshitaka, Moriyama said in press release, for this project, I want to take the fans passion and put it in the game. That's how I feel. I've seen people on social media saying this is the first Kickstarter they've ever backed, and it makes me so happy to see that passion and support. Anyone in the entertainment business probably feels the same way. They want to make as many people happy as possible. Usually it's a feeling you get on release day when you sell your game, but with A.U. Chronicle, we are able to feel that even at this current phase. And you get to feel it directly from the fans' voices, which, again, is a great feeling. Thanks for all the enthusiasm and support. It really does keep me going. So please join us in this two-year journey of developing the game. Pretty cool statement there. Rabbit and Bear Studios also announced that a ninth additional character of the game has been reached through those stretch goals, bringing the total to 109 Total. That's. I thought there was going to be an even hundred. Then assumed it was going to be a hundred and eight. No, it's the total characters is now one hundred and nine. He noted the one hundred and eighth character was born through stretch goals. I'm sure people are fond of this number as am I, but that number was for Sukunen. While we have respect for the number one hundred eight, we chose to leave it here and go further for this commemorable one hundred ninth character. We'd like to create a new character for everyone through a voting system. We genuinely hope everyone continues this journey with us together. So that 109th character will be determined by fan selection via a poll on the AUDIN Chronicle 100 Heroes Discord channel. That will run for 24 hours starting August the 21st at 9 a.m. Pacific Time. And 24 hours from that time. Concept artwork for the potential character will be published through social media channels this week. Also, perhaps at the end of this week, we are hoping to get a new teaser trailer for the game. So, definitely subscribe to their YouTube channel and I will have that up post-haste as soon as it comes out. And we'll have even more things to celebrate over when we get to see it. Oh man. So excited. And I'm so happy that I can say a Yodin Chronicle as it is supposed to be said and not, um, not however I was butchering it before now. <laughs> we'll do a couple more, uh, quicker stories and take a quick time out. Um, not a whole lot to read into this one, but it is kind of news as they found out just on the Australian ratings board there is now a classification for Tales of a Rise from Namco. we've heard this a couple different countries now and i dare say we'll get um get some more of them moving forward i'm not going to read anything more into that as It's just something that has to happen. We already know it's not coming out for at least probably, I'd say six months is the earliest we could really hope for this one. So just a part of the process. And it's always good to hear, hear it, you know, kind of pop up that it's still, still a thing. Um, publisher NIS America and developer, yummy, yummy tummy have released a new trailer for fallen Legion reverence, introducing the game's cast of characters. Um, I think this is right under about two minutes long. This game's got a really unique art style. I kind of, kind of dig it. It's not a typical JRPG by any stretch, but it does look pretty cool. Um, here is the about: in a world covered with miasma, the floating castle is the last refuge for mankind. Here are the key features: weavers of fate influence the events within the castle through your dialogue choices and determine who lives or dies with every. Decision you make. There are unearthly warriors as Rowena. Test your reflexes and tactical prowess with intense real time battles as you command a squad of legendary exemplars to decimate your foes. And there is forbidden knowledge as Lucian. Craft potions and other useful items with alchemic recipes, and use stealth tactics to navigate the castle and discover sequence. Fall Legion's reverence is due out for PlayStation 4 and Switch sometime in 2021. A little bit sooner than that is going to be Tears of Avia. It will launch digitally for Xbox One and PC via Steam on September the 24th publisher, P-Cube, and developer equally awesome named Cuckoo Squeaky announced. Here is their overview of the game via the website. Build a party of charismatic allies and utilize a vast skill tree system to combine classes and skills in a limitless number of ways. Lead your party across Asteria in search of the lost city of Avalon. Engaging in thrilling turn-based battles in this unique tactical experience. Some of the key features include a the ability to customize your party to your own playstyles. The game richly rewards build craft. Carefully combine rangers, warriors, mages, brawlers, and priest classes to create a party suited to your own tactical strengths. There's an expansive skill tree system. Customize and combine skills and discover the limitless ways in which they chain and react with one another with profound consequences. There is a dynamic storyline. The choices you make within your party shape the way the story unfolds and affects the dynamic of your party. Side missions are triggered by discussions between different characters. I kind of like that idea. Not only getting to know your party a little bit better, but that's just going to trigger some side quest action rather than, hey, go and talk to this random-looking NPC type of person in a back alley somewhere, way. <laughs> I kind of like that There are weapons-based skills The hundreds of in-game skills Can be derived both from the class And the weapons you equipped each character with To add a new layer to strategy You can explore a vast and immersive world Traverse the beautiful and varied regions of Asteria, In search of that forgotten city And a lost love hundreds of years previously they say nothing is black and white. There are right, there are no right or wrong actions, but every action has consequences that shape the way your journey unfolds. There was a brand new eight-minute gameplay video, so if you're curious about this one, what better way to find out than seeing about eight minutes of gameplay? Uh, I've got that over on the YouTube channel. The uh, it's interesting for sure. I I kind of like the way it looks. But it's hard not to, at least in the um, characters kind of around town, as you're exploring, they look an awful lot like Sims characters. And there's like a bunch of them in these towns. Um, More than you would typically expect to see. In a town, you know, a lot of the JRPGs and stuff, it could be kind of sparsely populated. Like, is this really a town? There's like three people living here uh it is kind of the opposite and this one and yet yeah, the when i see it i immediately think that they look just like sims characters i don't i don't know they, they don't move they just kind of stay there so yeah it's but it does look pretty interesting the battle system looks really cool we'll keep an eye on this one as it gets closer to that uh september 24th release date for Xbox One and PC. Still no word if this one's coming to uh, PlayStation 4 or Switch. Maybe somewhere down the line, but uh, a little odd. We'll see if that one ends up changing or not. Let's take a quick break here on the podcast. We'll be back with the second half, a few more stories to cover, as well as a listener review for Fairy Tale coming up. The JRPG Report, episode 128. Alright friends, welcome back to the podcast. Don't forget, give us a like on Facebook, follow on Twitter, and like and subscribe our videos. Like and subscribe to our channel on YouTube, all under JRPG Reports. If you like what you're listening to or what you see over on YouTube, you can choose to give us some listener or viewer support. We do that at the bottom of this podcast. You can just scroll on down, there'll be a link to to sponsor us on Anchor, as well as uh, we do Patreon as well, if you choose to do that over there. That would be super awesome. I would really appreciate it if you choose to do that. Back to the news. Um, pre-registration for the Western release of Idola Fantasy Star Saga is now available for iOS via the App Store and Android on Google Play. BullTrend Games will publish the mobile Fantasy Star game worldwide. With the exception of Europe, Japan, South Korea, and Vietnam, according to the App Store, Idol of Fancy Star Saga is planned for a release on September the seventeenth. Uh, this one came back out, uh, came out back in November of twenty eighteen. In Japan, here's a short overview of it. The classic RPG series, Fantasy Star, finally comes to mobile. Experience thrilling turn-based battles with two-party mode, world-class artwork, and an unforgettable musical score. In an epic fantasy, through a fully voiced story campaign, save the land of Vandor from the dark threat of Dark Falls. Uh, Here are some of the key features of that classic battle system. Return to the Roots of the series through a command style series system of battle release your ultimate skill elemental blast to defeat your enemies by consuming elemental values a two-party mode you can deploy and switch between two party modes law and chaos during bottle battles switching parties unleashes an all-out attack called reverse rush so take your chances and change the tides of battle there is fate divergence um, face the character's fate and choose the ultimate upgrade for each, changing the conclusion of the character's story. Not only will it change the character's appearance, but also those their skills and elemental blast as well as well. <laughs> there are idola battles. Join forces with friends and other players to defeat the idola. You can become an amazing idola yourself and battle other adventurers. There are various types of Idle available within the game. There's also the player v- PvP arena. Two teams enter. One leaves. Battle with the other teams uh, to become the ace of the arena. The game is free to play. Items are available for purchase within the game, of course. And a network connection is required to play. Uh, this kind of sounds like, yeah, heading back to the roots of Fancy Star, like what was back on the, uh, the Genesis and whatnot. But... Maintaining kind of that look of current, actually, I wouldn't say it looks like Fantasy Star. I would, I would say it looks more like kind of a cross between like Star Ocean and Fantasy Star, uh, just based off the uh, initial character concepts that I've seen. I guess just have to wait and see. I'm, I'm intrigued by this one, so I may, uh, may actually dabble into it and see what it, uh, what it's like. Don't know. Um, I know probably more than a few of you are like, man, I'm... all these mobile games. I don't <laughs> Why are we talking about them? Well, unfortunately, it is a reality of the current landscape. It is an easy way. Everybody's got a uh, usually a decently powerful enough phone in their pocket, and they can play games. So, And then there's some games, like the one I just talked about, or uh, the mobile strategy RPG Dragon Quest Tact. This one came out last month in Japan, and there's actually a chance it may make its way over here. It was recently trademarked in the U.S. back on July 14th. Europe got a trademark on July 7th. Uh, Square Enix has already trademarked it in Australia back in March, and uh, it was also in the United Kingdom as well as Canada. So it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to happen But it does at least open the possibility that it could. So if you've kind of checked this one out, this is that strategy RPG where it actually pits the monsters of the Dragon Quest series against one another in kind of a uh, big uh, arena-type grid-based battle. It looks interesting. It's probably not something that I would um, get into, but it's a mobile game, so... I think it's kind of a good thing when these things do finally make their way west, if they're of quality. If it's something like Dragon Quest or the Stars, and it's, uh, I don't really care. <laughs> um, we talked about a few weeks ago, I believe it was the uh, talking about Persona Five, the animation coming to Blu-ray for a week's worth of your salary. Um, if you want to watch it a little bit cheaper. Um, you can do that if you've got Funimation. They will be uh, showing this anime. Uh, actually, it, you could be watching it right now. as It came out in North America yesterday, August the 18th. Uh, it does say I believe you can have either the option of doing um, dubbed or subbed. Whatever you want to have if you um, choose to do that. that's up. That's up to you. Um, yeah, of course, it's not coming out on Blu-ray until September 29th. So if you want to go ahead and do that, you can. That's an interesting way to watch all those Persona 5 animation titles. Final Fantasy XIV recently got its update patch 5.3, but starting today, August the 19th, they will see the return of the Yokai Watch collaboration event. This will feature four new yokai minions and weapons in its return. The yokai watch collaboration event first appeared back in 2016, returned for a rerun in 2017, but it's taken the past three years off. But it is back and going along with uh, other events that pop up from time to time. If you're interested in seeing all the different events that are going on with it, you can check out the. Story that I linked over on our Facebook and or Twitter pages. Um, It will end with the release of patch 5.4. Don't have an official note when that is, but when that is, it's done. Final Fantasy XIV is available for PlayStation 4 and PC. As we've mentioned before, there is that free version of the game on PS4. I'm not sure if this would be included in that, but I kind of don't see why it necessarily would not. A uh, massively multiplayer online RPG, Bless Unleashed, is coming to PlayStation 4. Publishers Bandai Namco and NeoWiz and developer Round Eight Studio announced a closed beta test for the PlayStation 4 version will run tomorrow, August the 20th through the 24th. Interested users can register to participate here, which would be the link that is on this article. You can check that out again on Facebook. Or Twitter um, This game first launched back on Xbox One in March And has coming to PC via Steam in early 2021 Here are some of the abouts and key features You can explore a massive And lively world with your friends Or go it alone in an epic adventure From the weapons you wield to the skills You learn, take full control of your Character's actions and development Every choice you make in the world of Bless will shape your destiny Start unfolding your story now. Here are the key features. An enormous open world adventure full of quests featuring original storylines that unfold before your eyes. It's an action-packed MMORPG full of formidable monsters. You can get blessed to develop and diversify your classes, countless items, and collectibles. And it's an MMORPG that lets you create your own story while playing with others. There was the announcement trailer that kind of got me interested in at least looking at this title. Looks kind of cool. Um The idea that I could play this type of game alone would be more appealing to someone um, like myself, but uh, these type of games are popular for a reason, so if you want to check that out, you can do so. um There was a kind of a blurb that came out from the latest issue of FMSU Magazine, and they had an interview with Yasuyuku Yamaja. He is the head, uh, in case you haven't heard of that name before, he is the head of the Secretariat of the Computer Entertainment Supplier Association. They are the one who organized the annual Tokyo Game Show. So that was a very long way of saying who that person uh, was. And they, So, of course, this is going to be an online-only event this year, running from September 23rd. Oh, excuse me, until the 27th. And so they kind of talked about what some of those main changes are going to be. And here's what he said. And I'll let you kind of decide what exactly that means. The main content is the organizer's program. We will deliver the latest information from each exhibitor with a program format. Stage events, originally held on public days in the past years, as well as events from the Maker Company booths, will be turned into a program style that will be played sequentially on the main channel. We'll make adjustments so the audience can watch programs in order without having to worry about being unable to watch a stream due to the clashing schedules like before. That's a good thing. We plan to have three official channels. One for programs from exhibitors, one for the indie event Sense of Wonder Night, and the Japan Game Awards, and one for eSports and their tournaments. Companies can also display their own titles as exhibitors on the special site without having to wait for the live streams. And finally, he says, I sincerely hope we can hold the real event next year. Um, They did say that uh, the 23rd is reserved for online business matching, (laughs) So the main event streams will begin on September the 24th. In the JRPG world, we always greatly look forward to TGS each and every year. I don't know if it's going to hold the same weight this year. I would have to assume not. But um, with it also being all digital, that means we're just going to get a bunch more trailers and hopefully gameplays and maybe... Some good announcements. I mean, we do have some new hardware coming out, so it would be nice to at least hear. Hey, you know, Dragon Quest Twelve is in development for PlayStation 5. We know you guys are great looking forward to it. Just know that we are hard at work with this new hardware, and uh, it is indeed in development. That's, you know, I'd be happy with that. I I certainly wouldn't expect a trailer or anything. Maybe, you know, put an extra Roman numeral up there and give us a new logo, that can't be that difficult, I don't need a subtitle just yet, but I don't think we're going to get a ton, but maybe we'll be surprised, and that could be kind of nice as well. Alright friends, we've reached the end of the podcast, and so I would like to roll out our first listener review from our buddy Jake, longtime listener of the podcast and we kind of have a competition amongst each other that who is more excited about cold steel Four, and uh, it's pretty neck and neck on most weeks, but uh, I'm going to read to you his review for fairy tale. Um, it is what it is. I'm not going to copy and chop and paste it up. It's his words. And that's kind of what I want to do for you guys. Uh, it could be short. It could be, uh, let's see, he's got, he's got a good little five paragraph, uh, essay, so, <laughs> so um, it would be good for a college credit. I'm sure you could be, you could turn in a paragraph. It doesn't really matter to me. Just if you've played a recent game and you, then somebody's not already reviewed it, feel free to uh, to chime in. Or I guess if somebody puts out a game, you know, a review that they liked, if you've got an opposite opinion and you want to kind of counter that, we're. I'm fine with that too, but I just kind of want to make this a part of the program. If you guys are interested and want to support it, it's on you. I'll decide (laughs) if we do it going moving forward or not, but so let's get into his review. So if you don't want to hear this, I don't, I really don't think there'd be any spoilers in it. It's going to be in depth, but I don't think it would ruin it, but it's up to you if you want to listen or not. Here is his review. I really enjoyed the game overall, and there are a few areas to go over. First is the story. The story definitely caters to fans of the anime. Full disclosure, I'd never even heard of the anime before this game. If you are a fan of the anime and you like JRPGs, you will LOVE in capital letters, this game. However, I did not personally feel like coming in with no background knowledge prevented me from enjoying the story. You just need to be aware that there is more to the story than what you see in the game. As long as you can accept that, you should be fine. A good comparison would be the Dragon Ball Z anime, of which people are f- probably more familiar. There are multiple story arcs within that long-running series, and the fairytale anime is the same way. I would highly recommend reading the in-game encyclopedia as soon as you can to fill yourself in on some of the background lore. It doesn't take very long to read you might read it multiple times playing during your playthrough it will make it more and more sense each time you read it. This will give you an idea of what happened leading up to the start of the game during the game. there are two story arcs with gaps in between, plus an epilogue, which I believe is the third story arc, but I'm just starting that now as developers picked a good story arc to start the game at because it has it makes sense from a gameplay progression standpoint, but there is definitely a rich history that has already been. Has already happened and it's not fully explained. So you need to fully understand that these characters already know each other and that things have happened to them to shape their stories in the game. And while I did enjoy the story, the game was not very long. I clocked in at north to 30 hours for the main game and I dragged my feet a bit. So I do feel like it could have benefited from filling in a little bit more detail in some areas. There was plenty of detail in the main cast but some of the villains just seem to kind of pop up out of nowhere. Again, you had to accept that there is more story than they are telling you, but a little more background would have been beneficial. When it comes to the main cast, I really like them. They did a good job of bringing out a bunch of different personalities, and I really liked just about all of them. The interactions between characters really made you feel like there's a group of people who have a rich history, both on their own and with each other. And you can see their affections and rivalries very clearly. There is also a very large cast of characters to play with, something the fans of the anime in particular will fully enjoy. However, newcomers will find this refreshing as most games consist of building your up your guild by doing various versions of fetch and or kill quests. The large cast vastly reduces the redundancy you might otherwise feel, especially if you take your time to complete all the side quests as they become available. Once the first story arc is complete, you can recruit five new characters, at the beginning of the second arc, which gives you a fresh new set of people to try out if you want to. Fortunately, characters not in your party still gain 50% experience, which can be increased by improving your guild, so nobody ever falls too far behind. When it comes to character progression and customization, there's not too much of it. You just equip various items called Lacrima, and these increase various stats and as you gain new abilities, or improve existing ones by leveling up. However, this is all very well paced throughout the story, so it never felt like it was getting stale to me. There's also a separate rank level that can be increased for each character, and you earn points by doing that, by building up your guild, and doing quests. Next up is gameplay. I found the battles to be quite fun, even though they are pretty much all the same, <laughs> they are quick once you get the hang of the way it works. and I believe it can be made faster by turning off attack animations, though I have never felt the need to do this. Since you have a large roster of characters, each with quite a few different abilities, I never felt bored with it. Though it may also be held by the fact that this game does not take too long to complete. The music and Japanese audio were fun to listen to as well which also made playing through the game very enjoyable. Visually, this game had a Persona-style feel to it, so if you like that, then this may be right up your alley too. Finally, onto the DLC, which is my major gripe with the game. Now, I need to clarify I played this game upon release, so my major issue with the DLC will not be a problem for anyone who plays this game later on. The DLC looks really, really good. There are four new playable characters, an extra dungeon, and some extra hard level quests. Unfortunately, the DLC is released is so spaced out that I'll be done with this game but by the time it releases. Again, not a problem for anyone who plays the game later, but I feel like I'm going to miss out on some really cool content that I may have considered purchasing had it been released sooner. The DLC is also very expensive, so I do not feel i beginning on getting my money's worth by buying it later after completing the game and not being able to play with the new characters through the main story. Since I won't be doing another playthrough of this game anytime soon, <laughs> he says in uh, in qu- uh, parentheses, "Cold Steel 3 play and Colt Steel 4 release are the next on my to-do list. I told you, it's a competition between us. Who's the bigger fan? <laughs> I don't think I'll be picking up the DLC once it finally uh, fi- finally drops. There are a bunch of costumes you can buy too, and some do look pretty cool, but they're expensive as well. In conclusion, he says, From the research I have done, it's an easy platinum for PS4 trophy hunters. But I had the Switch version. If you think 60 bucks is a bit much for a short game, you may be right. And maybe want to wait for some kind of sale. But based on the price of the DLC, you may be waiting a while. Overall, though, I really enjoyed the game. It was fun, entertaining, humorous, and charming. For any fan of our genre, I highly recommend picking this one up and giving it a go. Even if it has to sit in the backlog for a while. All right, Jake. Awesome job there. That's pretty much exactly what I was looking forward to. A little more um, in-depth look at the game. That we, you know, we can preview the things all day long, but really having that hands-on with the game is is what's telling. So, if you liked what you heard from Jake, and you want to go out there and pick it up it is available right now and i did notice those dlc's were were pretty pricey and like you said they they didn't release those in the most timely fashion so a short game you could already have beat and you wouldn't be able to use them on your main playthrough so yeah if uh if you want to listen to that again you're more welcome to to see if uh see if the game is for you or not i do plan to pick up fairy tale at some point in time But I kind of agree with one of his last points. that it may be worth catching on sale here at some point in time. Not sure when that would be. But uh, it's not going to be anywhere right now. As, yeah, I kind of (laughs) got... I'm right in the middle of uh, Trails in the Sky right now. And Cold Steel right on the horizon. That's going to do it for episode 128. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, if you've got a listener review you want to send my way, I'd be happy to put it in our weekly podcast. My name is James Fisher. That's going to do it for today's podcast. We'll be back on Sunday with the soundtrack for Sukunen 5. I dug it up the other day, so that's going to be our Sunday special this week. We'll be back next Wednesday with an all-new podcast full of all the stories around the JRPG world. Thank you so much. We'll catch you guys next time. But before we go, get back out there and level up.